Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, and I'm here at my co-host dining room table. Hey, Patty. Hey. <laughs> thanks for good to have you. Thanks for making a change from the mm-hmm. collab rooms. Yeah. So if you hear, uh, just ma- mentioning that we're um, at Patty's dining room table, in case you hear um, her wonderful puppy and her kitty cat Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here talking today. Thor is sitting here on my lap, so likely <clears throat> you'll nice. hear me if he starts scratching me. Yeah, we have a very chill mood today because. We're cuddled up with cute animals, um, but we're talking about something that isn't so comfy and cute and cha- and, and cuddly. We're talking about change again today. Um, specifically, we're looking at a book by, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeffrey M. Hyatt. It's called The Employee's Survival Guide to Change. It's a really small book. It's only eighty-five pages. And it's kind of big print and not a lot of words. Lots of pictures. Lots of pictures and not a lot of words on the page. It's almost kind of like a graphic novel. And it has like little little spaces for um, you to respond to stuff. You can pick it up on Amazon or any place that you buy books. But it also incorporates a lot of the terminology that you might have heard thrown around in terms of change. Like Mm -hmm. the ad car model and things with ProSci and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So as we delve into the book for our discussion, I think we'll at least do one more podcast on it besides the one you're hearing today. But as we delve into it, you'll hear more about those things. So if you haven't already read or um, been a part of classes that have talked about those concepts, this would be a nice little introduction to those. So um, we're going to tackle basically, it amounts to kind of the first third of this little book, because the first third of it is frequently asked questions about change. Uh And they're not... Um, they're actually really, really good questions. Sometimes when I read frequently asked questions, I'm like, who who wrote these? Yeah, is that really a frequent? <laughs> I don't think people yeah. really ask that very often. But these are really nice, gritty, kind of personal questions that people have when it comes to like big institutional changes uh-huh. where you work. Yeah. Um, and so this will really will be focused, I think, a little bit more sometimes than we do. We're actually we're pretty equal opportunity always like on work or life or whatever. But a lot of these are couched in terms of mm-hmm. change in the workplace. I mean, yeah. it is called the employee's survival guide to change. So we're just going to talk about some of them, and um, wherever you work, if it's in finance or in UVA or anywhere else, likely mm-hmm. you're in a place where change is going to happen. So I think you'll find these useful. Yeah, and the, and they even uh, he even talks in the book about how you can apply it to personal life and yeah. later when we when he talks about the ADCAR model which we'll talk about in another podcast he uses an example of um, a father getting his kid to change right. how he bats in batting <clears throat> practice and so these questions can definitely be applied to personal change as well absolutely right so it, not to make you kind of scared with the, the title, Surviving Change. <laughs> I know, well. <laughs> but yeah. um, he starts off with um, the basics of what does it take to be a survivor during change. And mm-hmm. I think these are, these are good things for us to go over here at the beginning of mm-hmm. the discussion. Because the first thing is um, it takes a solid understanding of the change process and your role in it. Yes. And so he talks about the process, 
which we'll you know kind of get into, but um, really understanding where your where you know what what decisions do you have to make around that. Um, he talks several times during the book about if or if nothing else, he kind of drives home the point that. Um, that you have a role in it. Yes. You're not a victim. Yeah, You're change not is a... not happening to you. Right. It is happening around you, and it can happen with you. Yeah. But a lot of us, I think there's a couple different things at work. A lot of us know about things kind of on the periphery, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, we don't really have time to get a full understanding of what's going on. So we ignore it until it really presses in upon us. Yeah. <laughs> and it may be... Um, one of those things where you can sort of get that idea that, oh, I didn't really know anything about this or I didn't like I, I, I didn't think about how this was going to affect me. And now I feel kind of victimized by it. Right. But it was your choice to ignore all the right. info. Right. So, so you do have choices in within the change process. Yeah. And even if you fully understand the change and know that it's coming and and you've actually um processed all the information coming at you uh-huh. that's another one of the things that I think can happen that can make it hard for you to deal with change not only like choosing to ignore it can mm-hmm. be make it hard but knowing that it's there and then not thinking about how you're involved right how you can be a part of it in a way that's yeah. useful for you uh-huh. um that's also a mistake mm-hmm. so the second thing he talks about besides the solid understanding of the change process and your role in it um, number two is answers to questions that will help you succeed mm-hmm. and I think that gets at that whole thing where we're talking about your role in it because you do need to get your questions answered to mm-hmm. know what your role is right um, yep. and we're gonna go through a lot of those frequently asked questions and then the third thing is a set of tools that help you manage change and reach the outcome you mm-hmm. want. Yeah. And I think um, the set of tools that he specifically goes into is using this, what you mentioned earlier, the ADCAR model, and understanding where you are in that model or that process. Um, and, you know, um, I think that helps, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a later podcast, but I think that helps just to give you a solid framework of being able to identify any sort of barriers that you have that are creating your resistance to the change. And you know, we've talked about change and resistance to change. And um, I mean, we've talked about it in a lot of our podcasts, but I know specifically about a year ago when we started the mm-hmm. podcast, can you believe it's it been a year? It was one of the first ones, yeah. Yeah, we've done, we've definitely done some podcasts on change, so. Yeah, do um, you know when our podiversary pot is? Our podiversary, it's in the month of April. Yeah. I think it may technically have passed, so. Uh-oh. Happy anniversary, Patty. <laughs> Clink. Yeah, we've been work wives for a year now. <laughs> um, no, I actually only proposed to you during the FEEP podcast. <laughs> it was a good place to propose. It was. Just it was, in case I said no. Yeah. <laughs> I could get counseling. <laughs> she broke up with me. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, our podiversary is is coming up or has already passed, but we actually are going to do something for that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. But it's kind of fitting, I guess, then that we're talking about change again, one of the original topics that we tackled. Um, I'm sure y'all can't wait for the podiversary. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lit, fam. <laughs> Join the UVA Finance podiversary celebration. So... Let's get into the questions before yeah. this goes off the rails. <laughs> um, questions that he starts with, you know, that people typically have about change. 
he starts with why is change happening now? Yeah. And a, a lot of the reasons that they specifically talk about in the book are things that not nece- like you may not necessarily um, relate to if you're in the academic world. You know, mm-hmm. things about like profits and beating competitors and things. But that does apply to us too. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're going to go out of business necessarily if we don't change yeah. in central finance at well, EVA. Yeah. But... Well, think of an example of when we um, changed our reporting system. Right. With UBI. So right. now we have a reporting system. We had called, an old clunky thing called yeah. Discoverer. And yeah, then so we, we had Oracle Discoverer. Um, and then we moved as a university to University Business Intelligence um, using a software called Click. And so at that time, why was the change happening? What was happening because our old system um, was no longer being supported. It was a dying dinosaur. (laughs) That that was the biggest motivator for change. Now, all kinds of things, benefits happened as a result of it. Mm -hmm. We got a better system, faster, more robust reporting. All kinds of things happened. But but to understand that basic reason for why the change is happening is really important. And, you know, I think we'll refer back to that a few times because mm-hmm. that's something that has already changed for uh-huh. us. I mean, we're facing yeah. other changes currently, but mm-hmm. it it makes me laugh to think about Oracle and UBI because I joined UVA Finance before the sunset of the old program, Discover, and got to see that whole process firsthand. And mm-hmm. looking at it in retrospect, it makes me laugh because you'd think that having a reason for change like the old one is dying. Like it's yeah. just not go. It's not gonna be there. Um, that that would be helpful to people in yeah. understanding what what they needed to do and why. And to a certain extent, it was. But still, we as humans are change resistant to the extent that we did have a lot of people who just were having a hard time with the switch. Yeah. Um, who kept using the old one, mm-hmm. didn't want to make the transition. It was a long lead time. Yeah. I and think it is a good example, which yeah. maybe we can revisit as we go through yeah. some so of these questions. It's just, I mean, we're all in the same boat as human beings. Change is uncomfortable. Yeah. So um, please don't get any kind of judgy vibe from oh, our yeah. discussion of not, change. Not, please, not at all. No. Um, also, <laughs> although we'll be using this example, um, you can apply this to anybody listening people even outside of UVA listening, I'm sure you've been through changes at work that involve new systems or new processes, new tools, um, you know, anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, restructuring of your organization. Changing where you where you sit, like, right. uh, like an office being um, right. redecorated yeah. and moved around. I laugh because um, when I said don't get any kind of judgy vibe, I was thinking about my fundamental disappointment when... We didn't get to move the finance outreach and compliance suite when I thought we were going to. Mm-hmm. There was a change in the the process, and I was mm-hmm. like, "But, but, but, <laughs> but the new car smell will be gone." Yeah, <laughs> I got a new rug. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I, me too. But then, when you understand that the yeah. reason for the change is that um, they were doing renovations, and it didn't really make sense for the group that moved into that area to move and move again, nor did it make sense for them to move upstairs yeah. um, where we were and yeah. have us move down there. So it just, it's, 
when you understand that, then you can say, okay. Yeah. You know, and and I can accept see, it. I can see my role in them. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So the risk of not changing, we've kind oh, yeah. of inherently talked about. Yeah. That, that's a big one though. Um, I think. And we've talked about mostly, I think like the business risks, like, um, you know, losing your share of a market yeah. or, um, we talked, touched a little bit on like, um, failing to compete in a way. Yeah, there's a quote. I think it's by Eric Shinseki, who was a general... Shinseki, sorry. Eric Shinseki, who was a general, I believe. But he was um, something during the... one of the previous administrations. I want to say either Clinton or... um, or Obama. I'm not sure. How? My cat just scratched me. Sorry. Thor, um, you are not part of this discussion. Settle where down. he said, the quote is, though, that's the important piece. Not, yeah. It doesn't matter who, yeah. who said it. Um, he said, if you dislike change, you'll dislike irrelevance even more. Yes. And that's about it. I might be messing that up a little bit. But... And for employees, it's the same thing, too. Like, right. we're talking about... You know, if like if a an organization or business dislikes change, they will become irrelevant. Oh yeah, and we it, talked about that in that yeah. last podcast. We talked about. But it also goes for employees too. Oh yeah, it talks. It you can take you can look at it from the blockbuster or mm-hmm. Toys R Us or any of those kinds of examples that are so in your face and powerful. But you can take those and put and take them down to the individual level. Yeah, and see how that happens too. yeah I mean and just like I don't know sometimes if you need ever need to talk yourself up in terms of change I think about it, taking a good hard look at your past life mm-hmm. and thinking about all the times that you thought you were super happy and comfortable in a place or a role and then um it was uncomfortable when change came but how even if you went through uncomfortable phases, mm-hmm. you got to a place where you look back and you're like, oh, well, clearly I wouldn't have wanted to stay there forever. Like, right. it or, was just or, what I knew. Yeah, it, it not or, but and. You also look back and think, all these other things wouldn't have happened exactly. if not for this. Yes. You know, so, um, so I think that we, you can look back on things and be really happy that yeah. change occurred. If but, you don't change, you, you, do get, you do get to stay the same and stay comfortable, but... You risk losing opportunities. Yeah, promotional opportunities. Um, um, you, you can lose your job. Yeah. I mean, if we want to get really scary about it, you can you can really become irrelevant in your position. Yeah. You... And when the choice is like becoming a better professional, finding something you like even more, mm-hmm. like taking your job role in a, a direction that's even more fulfilling to you, that sounds better. And that's why finding your place in it is so important. Yeah. Um, here we're getting to the next question he asked that Patty and I both like this part because he talks about what's the rush for change. That's one of the questions. Mm-hmm. And the metaphor that he uses is, um, pushing a giant cube of jello. Yeah. I, I, we both really like this analogy. Do you think it's because it's about food? <laughs> I like jello. <laughs> is it red jello? <laughs> so, so the jello analogy is good though. Um, he, he talks about how you, you push a, imagine the pushing. change being, I think it's the change, right? Yeah, it's pushing a giant of jello. Of jello. If, the, and, if employees don't understand the reason, 
It's like pushing a giant blob of jello. Right. And so what happens is you push that big blob of jello <laughs> and you can push it as hard as you want, but and you let go and it goes right back to where it was yeah. before. And I, we're, we're both making the pushing motions. <laughs> um, so you can imagine us sitting here doing that. But, but yeah, I mean, think about it. You push it and you might make some impact, like you might indent it a little bit, but when you stop pushing, it just goes bloop. <laughs> um, so like she said, everything returns to the way it was before. So you have to have some kind of a change initiative. Like you have to really do it. It's not like it can just gradually happen. Yeah. Um, the jello's yeah. not going to move on its own. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. next question, it cracks me up because it's the old ostrich with its head in the sand. If I just wait long enough, won't the change go away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it, it, pretty much. Yeah. That's the answer. No. No, and, and, you know, instead of hoping that it goes away, just start trying to think of the benefits that could come with it. Yes. So. Improve processes. Because who likes those? We all have them. Those situations at work where you're like, oh, crap, we have to do this. And it involves this long, convoluted process of approvals and things get lost. Or we have to remind people to return the next piece to us. Or, you know, those those things that you do at work that just plague your life out, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are opportunities think, to make those yeah. better. The train is the change, right? So right. the train will leave the station with or without you. Yes. So Which kind of gets to the next... Um, well, actually, we're going to get to it in just a second. We His question, next question is, what will the change mean for me? And we've kind mm-hmm. of alluded to all these things. Yeah. New ways of doing work, new systems or tools, maybe new reporting structures, um, maybe a new job role. Mm-hmm. But then he gets into, what if I disagree with the change? Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. What if I disagree with the change? What if I feel they're fixing the wrong problem? Mm-hmm. What do we do then? Um, one of the things he talks about in the book is to um, just be patient, keep an open mind, but also be willing to voice your concerns because... Um, you may know something they need to know. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, you're an expert and, where you are. Yeah. Make sure you let the right people know and that you're, of course, appropriate about it. Um, and that's another way of finding... Like your role in the change too. Yes, and so nobody's absolutely fine for you to voice your concerns or suggestions about maybe some alternatives and things like that. And I like what you just said about that's your way of finding Mm -hmm. that. That can be your way of finding your role in it. Yep. If you're a person who is analytical and incisive and asks good questions, that's great. Yeah. And um, it. I, at least in finance, it may be different for some of our listeners where they mm-hmm. are. I hope it isn't. But I know in finance, it's not like we're all being summoned to the table to be forced to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I or think, eat the Jello. Yeah, or eat the Jello. <laughs> Ours is Jello now. <laughs> um, so it's it's not that you it's do or die at that point. Like mm-hmm. you must accept what we're saying. I think that we want questions and want people to. Um, ask and tell us if we're not looking at something Mm -hmm. correctly. Um, We have so many processes. I'm just thinking of things that I'm going to have to start understanding as a part of finance transformation about um, chart of accounts and stuff that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm. That there are lots of people that are asking great questions about Mm -hmm. all these different things. And I'm so glad that they're there because Mm -hmm. otherwise, how would people know? Um, The next question, um, the last big um, question that he identifies 
I think kind of gets back to if I wait long enough, won't the change go away? Because yeah. many of us have already already been through change initiatives and some mm-hmm. of them have been successful yeah. and some of them have not. Right. <laughs> and this question is, what if they've tried before and failed? And yeah. I think that enough of us have probably been through things like, um, the dog just snored, it's so cute. <laughs> Love your pets. We should always record here. The addition of little furry animals makes finance matters so so good. There are new mascots. Anyway, um, so a lot of people have been through changes like um, initiatives at work workplaces where it just kind of they make an effort they don't really stick with it and it kind of comes and goes. So that gives people that false impression that they can just kind of ride it out. Yeah. Not participate. Yeah. Um, but for most change initiatives, um. No, you really can't um, stick your head in the sand. Yeah. And if they've tried before and failed, mm-hmm. um, that's just part of life. Mm-hmm. And not everything is going to be a success. So we should be prepared to accept the past as history mm-hmm. and see what we can learn. Well, well yeah, learn from now. Learn from, use the failures from the past as a way to learn about how to... Yeah, what was it that made yeah. it fail? Right. Maybe you can help... Guide that process. Yeah, if you're knowing somebody that has that knowledge, you've been in the organization long enough, and you have the knowledge of past failures, then certainly speak up and, you know, let let your mm-hmm. voice be heard. Absolutely. Them. Yeah. So as we said, the good news is you are not a victim of change. You're not a passive person that this is happening to. Um, change mm-hmm. does involve personal decisions and actions that you take have yeah. an impact on the outcome that you receive. And um, Hyatt encourage us, encourages us to think about change in three states, which are kind of common sense. The current state, the transition state, and the future state. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of walks us through um, things that you can do in each state that will either have a negative or a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So starting with the current state. Things that you can do that... Yeah. Not, the current state is obviously yeah, before the change. Before the change, right. right. So things that you can do in the current state that are not going to be so helpful? So, well, start with you can be bad-mouthing the change, talking badly about it to people, especially if... Not especially. you Just talking about the uh, change that's happening around you badly to people doesn't really matter who they are but if you're a manager of people mm, yeah. and you're talking about it badly to your direct reports that's or so unhelpful people that you're supposed to be leading it's very yeah. unhelpful. and you're not helping them to find their place in the right. change you're kind of taking yeah. that choice away from them in yeah. a way so um, that's that's the first thing yeah i mean talking badly about it um talking badly about it secretly mm-hmm. <laughs> you know saying oh yeah i'm on board this sounds great but then yeah, behind like kind of being two-faced about it yeah um also talking about even talking badly about the organization as a whole or certain people is is not good no but what you can do that's definitely helpful mm-hmm. is to learn about it find out you, how you can be a part of it and help with it mm-hmm. um and as patty said you know if you are a manager it's not that you have to, again, bring your employees in and force them to drink the Kool-Aid, but just encourage constructive conversations, answer their questions, mm-hmm. help them to understand what they need to know about the change and just be open and honest. Right. And if you can't, if you can't manage a positive outlook, you can at least, um, in the early phases of change, just be quiet. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> just wait and see, right. observe. Right. And that's not, 
putting your head in the sand. No. You know, like Mm-mm. just being quiet, patient, and observe um, is just that, you know, sitting back and waiting and seeing. You can do that with a positive attitude. You, you don't have to sit back and with your arms crossed and say, hmm, let me see what's going to happen. You know, they're just going to fail. Yeah, you know? I'm just watching to yeah. see how badly so you stumble. So that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also being, we talked about this a second ago, but just being open and honest. Yep. Um, about your concerns is, is Constructive helpful. criticism is a helpful thing. Yeah. Feedback. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, okay, constru- that's the current state. Uh-huh. During the transition state, which is when we're... Implementing. Implementing, moving into kind of... Going... Like going from introducing it to implementing it, I guess. And stabilizing it. During the the change process. Um, Things that you can do that have a negative outcome include the very active, like blocking the progress or sabotaging the change process. Right. Right. Evil. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then more um, more on a, a lighter end of the scale here just talking negatively about the change in private conversations or even just ignoring it mm-hmm. or um, preventing I, people on your team from participating. I think that's a big one. Yeah, that's a because, big one. Um, preventing people from uh, preventing other people from participating in any part of the change process. Mm-hmm. So you may have a person who is on your team, if you're a manager, and they want to be part of the, the change. They want to go work on a project or I know my cat's meow, I'm sorry. Um, Thor agrees with everything yeah. we're saying. Um, <laughs> Thor's probably thinking, what's happening? <laughs> Why are these yeah, are we gonna are we gonna be moving? Um, so um, but but actually preventing others from really taking part in it your is a detriment to, yeah, to them. Absolutely. So that's so, not a good thing. Things that you can do that would be more positive and helpful. Uh-huh. Um, as we've already talked about, asking questions um, about the future state, about how day-to-day operations are impacted, yeah. providing input. Yeah. Um, those are all really great things. Yeah. But also, again, thinking about that part, we stress this a lot on the pod, um, doing the work yourself, like finding out what do I have? Yeah. Like what skills and abilities do I have that um, can really contribute to this? Mm-hmm. Um, what do I need to study up on or learn? Right. And even before you do that, it's good to look to see where your strengths are, where your weaknesses mm-hmm. are, where you have maybe gaps in skill um, needed that you'll need to move forward. One cool um, thing about finance that I've I'm just... <laughs> we always joke about like how our supervisor... We always have a Kelly joke in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, Kelly... <laughs> We're really yeah. glad that we have such a great training department. Right. Um, well, that, thank you. Yeah, Outreach and Compliance. <laughs> Patty heads up um, our training area in Outreach and Compliance. And um, I'm so glad that that's something that we really do yeah. well. It's why I came to finance when I did. In finance and, and UVA in general. Um, but even if it's not that way where you are, mm-hmm. there are many th- ways for you to access additional training um, and learn about other things. Clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in professional development. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are many ways that you can learn new skills and think, learn how to think about things differently or get into different realms that you haven't touched before yeah. in your professional life. I mean, I would say even take it one step further, if there isn't adequate training mm-hmm. and development, um, learn. You know, not that every... I'm not suggesting that everybody suddenly become a trainer or whatever. Um, it does take certain skills to do that but get involved in that 
if you if you see something's missing, say something. Yeah, like so. you, like you think it would be really helpful if we um, brought that into the change process, mm-hmm. that training um, yeah. piece of it. Okay, so moving on to the future state, we've transitioned, and now um, here we are. The yeah, new negative. Tool, yeah, the new um, tool or the new process yeah, is in place. So what you can do, what you might do that would impact the change negatively are, and let's go back to the example that we started talking about with the change from discover to UBI, UBI, right, is you just refuse to use it. You refuse to use UBI. And you tell other people. use it until it's gone. Or like you don't even encourage like people on your team or your colleagues to use it Mm -hmm. or say, eh, let's just. So to say, you know, I'm going to continue using discover until they take it out of my cold (laughs) dead It is so telling that we both thought the same thing at the same time. Oh, man. So, sad. Um, so um, but yeah, avoid using the new processes. Or like when push comes to shove, like if we're talking about a process, I think especially, or a new way of like being in your organization, some of those things that maybe aren't system-based. Yeah. Like reverting to the old way of doing it. Right. Just saying, ah, you know. And, And if you're a manager, kind of not encouraging your folks to right new, use a new way and and getting into the even um more negative side like um you could point out when there are problems during the change that this is an example of why the change isn't going to work yeah yeah told you right. told you so <laughs> yeah don't be that person right and going back to the old way just because one problem comes along. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean... Like, there are naturally hiccups in any big change process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look... Again, I find it helpful to look back at your past life and you think about... Past life. When you go from being a... Being in, one, like, one of your earlier jobs until middle in your career. Or even when you go... Think about changes you had, like, when you became a driver. Was it a perfect time was it a perfect transition did you do everything right no um no you probably ran a few stoplights you um but you didn't revert back to being you a rider no <laughs> you pressed on right that's a good that's a good example we were talking before we started recording about our daughters minor littles and patties are both lovely young ladies and it's interesting to think about life stages and Oddly enough, it applies to what we're talking about now. Yeah. You think if you, because Patty made the point about her older daughters, I can't imagine the things that her older daughters are doing now in terms of looking at my three and seven year old because it happens gradually. Right. And change does happen gradually, it happens over the course of our lives. And when we're standing before yeah. that change and thinking about the future state, right. It seems like a stark difference sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's hard for us to imagine how we're going to get there and how that's going to be a pleasant thing for us. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, change is a process. It right. has that it's... current state, transition state, and you future state. You are full of good analogies Girl, today. that's why I'm an English major. <laughs> that's a perfect <laughs> yeah, example. It yeah. is. Yeah. If I do say so myself. But you made the, you made the um, point. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you are actually, as we said, everybody is afraid of change, but mm-hmm. just by virtue of being human, we're all kind of experts at it too. Yeah. So don't sell oh, yourself yeah. short. Yeah. 
I mean, you, anybody can think back on life changes that, that, mm-hmm. that have happened to you. So, so okay, back to our little yeah, uh, so walk positive ways you can deal with the future state um, after the changes occurred. Avoid reverting back to the old process. Yeah, just just yeah. avoid doing everything we just talked yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and if problems arrive, help yeah, solve them. Help solve them. Um, reinforce the change. So, and find ways to reinforce that um, actively. Right. Find ways to reinforce it. So, using our UBI and Discover example, find ways to help your people and and to help yourself learn to use the new system. Every yeah, day. I remember when people were actually thinking of new connections that they could make and still are like there's so many custom apps being developed all the time surrounding the new mm-hmm. uh, way that we do data at UVA mm-hmm. um, that rely on this change, yeah. this transition to click. Yeah. Um, so think about like what it could mean to what more your, your you and your folks could do with it to turn it into a positive thing for your business processes and your job lives and or if we're talking about your personal lives too mm-hmm. um so gosh we just walked through the whole first third of the book mm-hmm. um the next time we get together we're going to be talking about the um second portion of Jeffrey Hyatt's book um, and again, it's called the survival employee survival guide to change. And the second part is about taking control of change. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think he gets more into the, the active, like really think about your part in the process kind of stuff, like yeah. really finding yourself in the change. And that's where we'll also get into some of those methodologies like ADCAR. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if you've heard of that and you're like, what, what's ADCAR? Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next time. We're going to talk about it. Is there anything else, Patty, you wanted no, to talk about I think today? We covered it. All right. Well, then, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Finance Matters. Um, glad you were here for this discussion of the Employee's Guide to Surviving Change. We're going to take another look at the second part of this book when we get together again. You can always check out more about what finance is up to on our blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. And if you've got an idea for a podcast, like if you know of a really great book that we could talk about or a person or a group that's doing something great that we need to think about, please do let us know. You can email me. You can email Patty. You can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. That's all for now. I'm going to go pet Mickey <laughs> and maybe give uh, Thor a little snuggle too. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters. Thanks.